What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Sith Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that stylistically shoots our guns with our pinky fingers, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Spreaker every Saturday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks! I mean! I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com. He's the over-caffeinated Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy! And each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And yeah, you had an espresso for the first time on the way over here. Yeah, I'm owning it right now. I'm all in. <laughs> I like it's almost like you know how in animation they'll draw like little like squiggly lines around you know people oh like the, like the like they're shivering. I stuff. can almost see like your lightning bolts <laughs> and your squiggly lines. It's really impressive. Yeah, you're also sporting a new face. Oh yeah. Well, I, I shaved my head, you know. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure you noticed. <laughs> um, and I had a beard. Uh, I shaved the beard. And now I'm letting everything grow back at the same time oh, because nice. I was curious which would grow faster, my beard hair or my head hair. What are you finding out? Beard hair. Beard hair is faster. Yeah. I can see you've got some definite scruff there. How long have you, when did you clean shave? Uh, I think it was three days ago, something like that. That's three, three days worth? My, that would take me three months. Really? I'm not kidding. This this beard has been a, a year-long process. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, my... I. Oh, I'll tell you right now, like seven years ago, I couldn't grow a beard, but yeah. now it's like I'll wake up and it's there kind of. Wow. So maybe it was like four days ago. I can't tell time anymore. It probably was nothing like that. And then you had the espresso and then it just instantly grew another. I can feel my hair <laughs> growing. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, we're excited. We've got a good episode uh, for you today. We're going to have some fun discussions. Um, also, I wanted to say the summer sum continues to update at the website. That's been really fun to kind of watch as the totals change every day. Uh, for what the box office is. In fact, just yesterday, um, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom passed solo, so it shifted the whole you know uh, scoreboard of who was winning, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then it'll pass Deadpool next. 
no. if it happens. Oh. Uh, so it's chasing Deadpool next, and that'll you know change everything up too. So yeah. it, it's it's really interesting. If you want to check that out, you can go to sifpop.com slash summer sum and uh, check out kind of who's in the lead. Yeah. So A, it wasn't a good movie, and B, I want to get some more points so it can't pass Deadpool. Oh, Jurassic World? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's going to. That's a shame. It looks very likely. It's already over two hundred million. It just it's only a hundred million behind. So, you know, it'll probably catch that up in the next few weeks. But we'll see. You never know. Never know. And you never know, like, Ant-Man and the Wasp could, like, blow up or something, or Mission Impossible, or there's still plenty of movies to come. So it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out, and you can kind of follow along live there. Uh, We'll do our buried treasure at the end. We've got a Sift quest today uh, about actors or actresses who were surprised uh, didn't have a bigger career, which I think is an interesting one. Thanks for sending in that question. Uh, and we're going to do our first half of the year movie awards, the yeah. annual first half awards uh, here on Sif Pop. Uh, and, of course, we'll review Sicario to uh, Day of the Soledad. As Soldado, it were. I thought it was. Soldado. Soldado. I, I, always, I always say it wrong. So yeah. It's the Day of the Soldier. Yes, exactly. It's, uh, a, it's, a, <laughs> it's a title that embraces both english and know, spanish what is up with that i actually said that in my youtube review did you <laughs> what, what is it what is it what just call it you know dia del soldado like yeah. why, why did own you, it yeah because you wouldn't say hitman dia del soldier yeah <laughs> like you, you just you know own the language pick one you know yeah uh so we'll talk about that too uh but first let's do some do we care every single week i scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world i pick some topics for us to discuss we must decide whether or not we care about them or not. Number one, a Halo television series is heading to Showtime. Uh, I know you care about this. Yeah, I do. I never have played Halo. Oh, okay. Never. So it's not something I'm aware. I know the name Master Chief. Yep. I understand it's kind of a, a space military kind of game ish. You want me to give you the quick summary of? Uh, Halo real quick and like two, I, you two, can two yeah sentences. go ahead go ahead so yes it does take place in the future where humanity is exploring space space and they finally make contact with an alien species called the Covenant mm. who are not so friendly and it turns out that they are trying to find the ultimate weapon to wipe out all life in the universe do you feel like Trump was playing Halo when he thought about the Space Force <laughs> let me tell you the Covenant <laughs> They know what's going on. <laughs> so Halo is actually, you know, it's a giant ring, but it's also a weapon. It's a mm-hmm. weapon that blows up the universe pretty much. Okay. And they're trying to activate it because there is a greater threat than anything else out there. How is this going to work? Because my understanding is that Master Chief is pretty much an empty vessel for the player. Like, basically, it's not a character in the game. It's just you in the game. That seems like a difficult thing to translate to me. There are, I've read a lot of Halo books. Mm-hmm. There's a story there, especially with John, who is Master Chief, Spartan yeah. 117. Uh, basically, uh, he is part of a uh, illegal project that kidnapped children when they were young, and they were bred to be super soldiers. Mm. They were injected with serums to make them taller, stronger, and then they were given what are called uh, uh, Spartan suits, which is, you know, the suit that he wears. Sure. And that enhances their abilities even more. So, and you find out that he was just uh, a regular kid until he was kidnapped pretty much by the Black Ops government and trained to be lethal. I honestly don't think that this television series 
uh, will deal with Master Chief at all. Oh, you don't think so? No, I think that it's going to deal with... You kind of go expanded universe with it, is what you're thinking. There is a story called The Fall of Reach, which even if you've never played a Halo game or seen anything to do with Halo, it is a fascinating book. It You don't need to play the games to understand what's going on. Yeah. Pretty much, it's a story of the first time humanity encounters the Covenant on one of their planets that they've colonized, and the fall of humanity from this planet is what sparks the war. Mm. And it's a beautiful story. You care about so many different people, and I think... And you think it'd make a good TV show? I really do. Uh, There's even a game called The Fall of Reach where it kind of touches on everything, but not quite as much as the book does. Um this was an, This has been a project that's been in the works for like four or five years. Uh, Steven Spielberg was supposed to be a producer on it. I mm. don't know if he still is. Um, but heading to Showtime, I think that's interesting because that tells me that they're kind of taking this seriously. That it's going to be on a, you know, more adult a, level. Adult level because yeah. you know the uh, content of Halo, even though it's a video game, is kind of mature at the same time. Sure. So. Yeah, I, I'll probably approach it like I approach a lot of shows, which is I'll let it get four or five episodes in and then kind of hear the buzz and see if I want to pick it up anymore. You know, when I was reviewing both TV and movies, I would try to see at least the first few episodes of every new TV series like I would try to see new movies. Yeah. And there just came a point where I realized I kind of have to focus on one or the other. So when I decided to focus on movies, um, now I... I I watch TV for fun. Imagine that. So, you know. It's actually a luxury again. Yeah. It's not a yeah. job. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take a wait and see with it. There are very few TV shows that I'm like, oh, I got to watch that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there there are maybe one or two new ones each season that I feel that way about. But, um, but yeah, I'll, if, if people are loving it, I'll probably check it out. Yeah. So, do it that way. Well, you know, they've been trying to make anything Halo for a long time. Uh, District 9, a lot of people don't know, District 9 was a Halo movie. And then uh, Peter Jackson kind of didn't like the way it was going. Right. So he got in touch with his friend Neil Blomkamp and he said, hey, I have all this footage from the Halo movie I was filming. I'm not doing it anymore. Do you want it for a project you're using? Neil Blomkamp said yes. And he used all that footage to make District 9, which is why a lot of the technology we see in that movie looks like it comes out of a Halo game. Yeah. Um, you never know what's going to happen with these things, too. It, yeah. it could get shelved again. You never know. I was oh. just looking at, uh, what was it, uh, Scott Derrickson tweeted yesterday, one of the saddest tweets I've ever seen. Basically, he said the Snowpiercer pilot for the Snowpiercer TV show mm-hmm. that he directed was the best work he's done in his life. He said, it's the best creative work I have ever done. Uh, And then the new showrunner came in and said he wanted to change things around. And Scott said, I'm removing myself from the project um, because I, you know, it doesn't jive with, I forget exactly how he said it. It was so sad though, because here's somebody who created something they love and they can't wait to show fans. And then creative control goes to somebody else. And it's like, ah, You know, nobody's ever going to see that now. I don't know how Snowpiercer would work in a series format. Yeah, I don't either, but... Would each episode be a different car? I I have no idea, but I would definitely be excited after the way he talked about it. I mean, you know, Scott Derrickson did, what, uh, Exorcism of Emily Rose and Sinister and Doctor Strange. Yeah, uh, and and Doctor Strange, and I like his work, so I'd I'd be excited to see what he does, but... um, yeah. But anyway, so that made me sad. So I just say that to say you never know what's going to happen with these things eventually. Number two? Yeah, what do you got? Jared Leto may 
may be exiting the Joker in favor of Sony's Spider-Verse as Morbius the Vampire. I you mentioned this and obviously I care about, you know, comic book movie casting and all that kind of stuff and we've talked about the craziness of DC making different Joker movies at the same time. Yeah. Which makes no sense to me. Um <clears throat> but I wonder if and this kind of applies to what I was just saying too about the TV show. I almost wonder if our new cycle has now gotten too early. You know, like we are so into knowing casting things and those kind of things that creators almost don't have a chance to really coalesce. You know, uh, I think of the Star Wars, um, you know, standalone movies, right? The news comes out that, oh, we're, halt- we're halting on them. And then Disney says, no, 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 we weren't, we're, we're halting on them. We're, you know, still doing this and this. And then, you know, news, you know, rumors come out that Kathleen Kennedy may not be overseeing the Star Wars universe anymore. And it's just like, you know, maybe our insatiable appetite for like news and knowing what's coming is keeping creators from creating the best product because they never get a chance to really let something coalesce before the fans are like, no, yes, that's awful. That's great. So you're saying it's my fault. <laughs> that's exactly what I'm saying, Andrew. Yeah. It's all your fault. You made me do this, Aaron. <laughs> um, no, do you know what I'm saying, though? There's nothing wrong with do. There's nothing wrong with news. I just feel like, you know, maybe we've just gotten too early in the cycle somehow. Yeah, it's... Um... I think uh, that's a really good way of putting it. There's nothing wrong with news, no. but jumping the gun on everything. Yeah. Yeah. Because what we do is we take, you know, rumors and announcements as this is how it's going to be. And that's never been the creative process. The creative process, especially in those big kind of event things, just ebbs and flows. And sometimes directors come and go and actors come and go. And so. I don't know. It's it's one of the reasons that I am a bit wait and see with everything. You know, when it's on the marquee, <laughs> you know, then then we'll go figure it out. Um, but yeah, I does that mean the Joker movie's dead? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, that's um, what I'm saying. Again, maybe we're just jumping the gun on this, but honestly, I hope Jared Leto's Joker movie is dead just because <laughs> I don't care about his uh, his Joker enough right. for me to care. Right. On the other hand, though, the thing that I am not excited about is the fact that the uh, writer for this Mor- <clears throat> uh, Morbius script are the same guys who did Gods of Egypt, The Last Witch Hunter, and Dracula Untold. Oh, wow. That's not a great list. So, Sony, what you doing? And, and how many Spider-Man properties are coming out, too? That's another thing. You've got uh, Venom that's coming out, right? And I'm still confused whether or not that's going to be a Sony property or a Marvel property. I Well, it's also anything in the Spider-Man universe Sony owns. Yeah. So Marvel and them have a production deal together, especially for the Spider-Man movies. But I don't know that that'll apply for Venom. I think that's a Sony property. I could be wrong about that. So you've got Venom coming out. You've got, what's the animated one, the Miles Morales one that's coming out? Um, yeah, uh, the Spider-Verse. Everybody's goo-goo over the trailer that I haven't seen. Apparently it's amazing. Yeah. Um, it's, so It in, looks pretty great. Into the Spider-Verse I, you know, yeah. is, is coming out. You've, of course, got more Spider-Man movies coming out. He's also in the Avengers. And the new Spider-Man video game coming out. So what is this thing that Gerald Leto's... You know what I'm saying? Like, how many Spider-Man movies do we need? So... You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Anyways, that's just kind of general thoughts for me. That's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. All right. Well, let's do it. Let's talk about Sicario 2, Dia del Soldado. There's proof the cartel helped the terrorists get to the border. 
presence adding drug cartels to the list of terrorist organizations. You can understand how that will expand our ability to combat them. You want to see this thing through? I'm going to have to get dirty. Dirty is exactly why you're here. FBI agent Matt Graver calls on mysterious operative Alejandro Gillick when Mexican drug cartels start to smuggle terrorists across the U.S. border. The war escalates even further when Alejandro kidnaps a top kingpin's daughter to deliberately increase the tensions. When the young girl is seen as collateral damage, the two men will determine her fate as they question everything that they are fighting for. Uh, this follows a Sicario, which is Denis Villeneuve's uh, Taylor Sheridan writing. Man, that um, guy's such a good writer. He writes very, very well. He wrote this one, too, right? Yep. But Denny's gone. Um, Emily Blunt's gone. Yep. You still got Josh Brolin and Benicio Del Toro uh, in those lead roles. And so we kind of pick up with what they're up to in their battling the, the border wars of the drug cartels. Uh, so um, let's let's go ahead and do the did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay. I want you to go first. Um, low side of liked it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I actually liked this. I, I didn't have any expectations, which is probably why I liked it a little bit. Um, I went in with pretty low expectations. I, I wasn't, it's not a sequel I ever wanted to see. There was yeah. nothing in me that I was interested in seeing it. Um, but I actually kind of liked it. I think there's some stuff here to like. So yeah, on the low side, I liked it. I really liked it. Oh, you're the high side. I liked it. Yeah, I really Oh, am. okay, cool. Um, here's the thing. I'm right where you were. Even... Uh, it's funny. I went to the Alamo to see this. You know how the Alamo has the pre-show kind of thing that they do before the yes. movies. Yes. Yes. Uh, the uh, theme for this one was sequels nobody asked for. Wasn't one of them? Because I, I also saw this at the Alamo. Wasn't wasn't one of them like um, Apollo the Thirteenth? Apollo the Thirteenth, which is was that? Hilarious. How is that even a thing? That's not really a thing, was it? That was a fake trailer, right? No. What they did is, you know how they have like the Sado Forty Eight kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was. I think it was a Sado Forty Eight sort of thing, like a parody of. Right. Uh, and, but they never actually made the movie, is what I'm saying. They no, just no, no, made no. the they're, trailer. They're comedy trailers, right? Yes. I exactly. think they did one for Thelma and Louise, you know, mm-hmm. and the movie was. The, the rest of the fall down to the canyon. <laughs> it was hilarious. I didn't see that one. Uh, yeah, it, it does feel like an unnecessary sequel, right? Yeah, absolutely. But you really liked it. I really did. Well, why don't you talk about why? Uh, this movie is tense. I mean, did you not... Occasionally. No, I felt tension all the okay, way Okay, well, let's talk about this, because here's the interesting thing with my relationship to the first one, mm-hmm. and I don't remember how much you liked the first I one. I really liked the first one, too. Um, I liked the first one actually about as much as I like this one, which is not as much as most people. Most people really like Sicario. Mm-hmm. I just kind of like Sicario, yeah. and it was for the tension. Uh, that border scene in the first Sicario, I- I've often said, is one of the most brilliant executions of tension I've seen in modern filmmaking. It is incredible. Yeah. And I didn't feel like there was anything in this one that lived up to that scene. Um, and the rest of the first Sicario was kind of hit, hit or miss with me in tension. And this whole movie was kind of hit or miss with me in tension. There were a couple scenes where I was like, okay, this is well done. This is, you know, intense. I'm feeling this. Yeah. But then there were huge stretches of the movie where I was not, I was not tensed up at all. I was just kind of, going along for the expositional ride well that's interesting because i totally agree the tension in the border scene in the first one is like through the roof yeah it's the max you're not going to replicate that yeah but i felt in this one tension never reached that level but it was spread out more interesting that's not the experience i had yeah i think from uh beginning to end there is 
a decent level of tension. You know, it comes in ebbs and waves, but um, at the same time, like, there are parts at the very beginning of this movie I thought were in very intense, and parts at the end of this movie I thought were incredibly tense. But uh, mm-hmm. I think that also comes down to the fact that I'm surprised I actually cared about these characters from the first movie. I thought they were going to be, uh, I'm talking specifically about Benicio Del Toro and Josh Brolin's mm-hmm. character, because uh, in the first one, that was one of my cons, is I didn't really care about them a lot. But in this one, for some reason, and they didn't do anything different, but somehow they earned my desire for good things to happen to these people. That's that's interesting. I would love for you to explore that a little bit more and help me understand that, because I did not feel I'm that. I'm trying it's, to explore it and understand it that, myself. that actually is my biggest negative about the movie. And, really? And we can wait if we want to, or I can go ahead and talk about it just a little bit. But go ahead. I, I did not feel connected to these characters. I connected a little bit to what they were trying to do mm-hmm. because there's a moral aspect to what they're trying, a part of what they're trying to do without giving too much away yeah. um, that I connected to. But the characters themselves are are so disconnected from my idea of ethics and morality that it's hard for me to identify with them um, because they're living in a world that I don't live in, right? Yeah. And I think that's what the movie's trying to do is it's trying to say, this is how... Imagine trying to have morality when this is your world. Yeah. Right? And um and so it's just it just became very very difficult for me uh to connect to them and because of that any kind of purpose or message that it was going for which I didn't I never really grasped um it, it just it rang hollow to me a little bit. So that was my my biggest problem with the movie is I I just didn't connect to a lot of the 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 depth or the heart of it. I wasn't looking for morality in this movie. Sure. And I don't think that these characters want you to think that their actions are moral. I think the exact opposite. I think that... The movie or the characters? Both. Okay. Um, I think that the characters want you to uh, believe vicariously through them, their actions, which is the main uh, driving force Mm -hmm. of the movie, that the only way to win this immoral war... Mm -hmm is to lose your own morality for the sake of the rest of the world I think being able right. to have, I, you know. I, I think that's what they're saying. I do. It's just hard for me to connect to that. Yeah. And number one, I don't agree with that. Like, I don't believe that. Um, and so it's it's hard for me to connect to that on a personal level. But it also makes it more difficult for me to find some sort of buy-in to what they're doing. Uh, if that's the point, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean it's. A, it doesn't make it a bad movie because if that's what the movie's trying to do, then it's succeeding, right? Yeah. Um, it just makes it a a worse experience for me or a lesser experience for me overall. That's interesting. I never go into a, a movie well unless I believe this is what the driving force of the movie is going to be is to root for these characters to always have uh, the gold standard of. Well, I don't need Truth, perfection. Justice in the American yeah, I don't need way. I don't need Captain America perfection on with for everybody or anything yeah. like that. I just need some sort of purpose that yeah. I can identify with. I think that the purpose of these characters is to show that there are people out excuse me, there are people out there who have to do horrible things sure. in order for the rest of us to, you know, live uh, what we consider to be a good life. Maybe it's just too hard for me to wrestle with that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like maybe that makes it a rough experience for me. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of you know. Do you know, think that it in some way hypothetically 
devalues your ability to enjoy your own uh, good morals and stuff for the fact that it's potentially no. coming from a world that had to do such horrible things in order to give it to you? Oh, no. No, not at all. I just... Okay, there is something about uh, the transient pro- property of movies where, you know, whether or not you need your characters to be, uh, you know, like you said, truth, justice, American way, you know, good, yeah. morally good as you would define it, right? Yeah. Or not, you still want to be able to say, what would I do in that situation, right? Like, yeah. how would I act in that instance? And because my answer in all of these is I would walk the other way, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I would not even, I, I like, bye. <laughs> like, so I'm, the, not, I'm not going into this world, you so know? So basically, you're saying that this is a world you would never be in in the first place, so therefore right. you don't invest anything in it. Correct. It's okay. hard for me to connect to them because my only answer is... Like I, I just I wouldn't be there. I mean, I would be I would be running away or dead. Like those are yeah. my only two options for me personally in these kind of situations. So. Okay, so now I understand what you're saying, and my response to that is: whenever I come across a movie like this, where I know this is a situation I would never find myself in, mm-hmm. I just say, "Okay, I'm never going to be here. Let's see what these people." I'm just going to live for the next two hours in their world and try to understand what their right. actions are. Yep. And I think I think that's what you're... I think that is the effort you're supposed to put in. And yeah. it's just some movies, it's more difficult for me than others. Okay. Um, and again, that's my, my really my only somewhat big negative with this movie. You know, mm-hmm. there's a, a lot of good stuff that we haven't talked about. So let's go back to that. And I'll yeah. just bring up the performances. Yeah. Uh, Benicio Del Toro gives an award worthy performance in this movie he is outstanding he he proves time and time again why he is one of the uh most underrated and i'm not gonna that's not a a hint for later on because (laughs) i think he still does amazing movies um but i think he's one of the most underrated actors working today yeah i i mean i could go along with that you don't necessarily hear a ton of buzz about him he just has this way of being very different, very quirky, yeah. and yet you always feel he's authentic. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's I I just I am drawn to his presence on the screen. There are just some actors that just whatever it is about them, they have this, you know, thing, it factor, whatever it is mm-hmm. that just draws me to their performance. And 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 he is the same way in this movie. It's just it's amped up. He's not the only one though. the The little girl who plays the uh, cartel's she's daughter, great. she's really good. Yeah, she's great. And uh, I think that that the dynamic between the two of them is what kept me invested throughout this entire movie. Because I think plot wise, this is a better plot. It's more accessible, I should say, than the first movie. Isabella Monaire. Isabella Monaire okay. is her name. She and did a she, really great she job. Did a great job. Yeah. Uh, do you agree with that, that the plot is more accessible than the first one? Yeah, actually. I do actually agree with that. Because I think that the first one just drops you into this world, yes. and it doesn't say, here's a whole bunch of useless uh, baggage and backstory, you know? That was, a, that was a negative of the first one that I didn't have with this one. And one of my negatives of the first one is that it felt a little muddled to me. There was just a, a lot, you know, yeah. that you were trying to place and piece together. And this one, it feels much more direct and clear. Yeah. And there's one mission. Yeah. And you're seeing the mission from 
uh, beginning to fruition. And it's certainly not simplistic. No. You know how you get there, the uh, genesis of what's going on with the terrorism crossing the borders, those kind of things. Yeah. You know, there's definitely branches that you can explore, but the, you know, the prime tree trunk of the whole thing is is very clear. This felt kind of like a a con movie in a way. Mm. And I really enjoyed that aspect of it like seeing the uh the way that they were trying to trick people or you know the uh the uh what am I trying to say the uh the actions that they were taking, you mm-hmm. know. I'm like the, oh, su- that, the subterfuge. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. I, that's maybe that's why the tension was through. I'm like, okay, well, how does this work out for the next step and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh yeah, really, really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to chatting about the end of the movie uh, in spoilers because that's another um, part of the movie that I think bears mentioning uh, because of the way it ends, but I don't really want to spoil anything here. Yeah. Um, and so we'll talk about that there. I guess my one last thing would be uh, I had misplaced in my brain somehow, probably because I, I want to forget these things, how brutally honest Sicario was and how brutally honest this movie was going to be about the consequences and casualties of violence. Oh yeah. Um man, it was rough. Yeah. It was I you know, like it, uh, take that as a warning or information or however you want to but um this movie does not shy away with showing you the the casualties of terrorism, violence, war, all those things. Maybe that's why I felt tension all the way through this movie because mm. it doesn't matter how big of a name an actor you put in this movie like Josh Brolin or Benicio del Toro they never once in this world felt safe to me no nothing is safe in this world yeah and that is where a lot of the tension comes from i would agree with that totally yeah um and uh, one of the reasons for that is because of how you know willing they are to really dig in to the brutality of violence yeah my one last thing is, surprisingly, I went into this not wanting this sequel, but leaving this movie, I do want another movie, actually, now. Yeah. I really do want a third movie. I can understand that. I can understand that. And part of that goes to the conversation about the end yeah. that we need to have in spoilers, um, but I totally get that feeling. Yeah. Um, overall, if you liked Sicario, I, th- I have no problem recommending this to you as a way to kind of continue your journey in this universe. Um, I just give the warnings about the brutality. And by the way, I don't mean gore. I don't mean like the violence is like the, the honesty of it. I mean the honesty of human beings dying in innocent humans dying in it's just yeah, it's rough. There's a scene at the beginning of this movie that is very It's it's one of the hardest things I've had to sit through yeah. in in cinema in a long time. Yeah. So, um just fair warning on that, but I I would recommend it if you enjoyed the first Sicario, you know. I think this is a better movie than the first one. Wow. I really do. I, even, now, see, if I said that, I wouldn't be surprised because I, I you know, I didn't like the first one as much as everybody else did, but I kind of think they're about the same. Yeah. Um, even though this one is a fairly unknown director, granted, they're both written by Taylor Sheridan, mm-hmm. but the first one being a Denis Villeneuve movie, and you know how much I love that guy, for me to say that I like this movie more, maybe it just says something about how accessible this one is one is compared to the I, you first know one. that's a great i'm glad you brought that up that is the right word this this movie is more a more accessible than the first one i think that's the right word not for in it. a brutality sense it's definitely more violent and brutal i just think that the movie's plot flows better than the first one agreed yeah totally agreed so there you go there are thoughts on sicario day of the soldado or dia del soldado yeah if you prefer which we do <laughs> 
Uh, all right, you ready to get into the Sif Pop First Half Movie Awards? I'm really excited about this. So what we're going to do is we're going to give our top five movies of the first half of the year in order, and we'll give our top three performances of the first half of the year in order, and then our, also our favorite movie moment of the first half of the year. Uh, feel free to throw out some honorable mentions if you need to. I know often it feels like, I can't believe I'm leaving this off my list. I have to say it. Please don't let me not say it. Uh, so feel free to do that. I will feel free to do the same. Let's uh, let's start with movie moment. What is your favorite movie moment of the first half of 2018? Uh, this there's one, a lot of good ones. There's a lot of good ones. Um, just an honorable mention real quick before I get into my number one moment. Yep. Um, I have like 15 honorable mentions in this category. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Um, I'm going to go with um, it's from A Quiet Place. Okay. Uh, the bathtub scene is what I'll just say. Yeah. And how insanely tense and horrifying that moment was. Yeah. A lot of that comes down to Emily Blunt's performance. She's great. But my favorite movie moment so far this year is, is it cheesy to say it's from Infinity War? No. Okay, yeah. Which one? When he throws the moon. <laughs> no, that's a great choice. He throws a moon. <laughs> The moon toss. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love when uh, when Thanos mooned Iron Man. That was <laughs> the best movie moment of the first half best of 2000. Best pun ever, Aaron. <laughs> uh, I did have several honorable mentions. I'll go ahead and mention my favorite, though. My favorite movie moment, like the most joy I've had in the first half of this year, is Jack-Jack versus the raccoon. Um, yeah. I just, just... I can't. And That's- even specifically... The moment where he goes flame and starts walking through the deck chairs yeah. is so good. It's so perfect. Uh, so that's what I went with. But yeah. there were moments from Annihilation that were incredible. The bear scene from Annihilation <sighs> was absolutely amazing. I totally forgot about the scene, and I just got goosebumps thinking about it. Uh, Thor's arrival in, in, in Infinity War is another one that you could mention from that movie. Ooh, yeah. Goosebump mo- moment there. Of course, the end of Infinity War could be one of the best mo- movie moments of you know 2018 as well. Oh, man, I just thought of one I like more. Um, Killmonger's line, Killmonger's death, I think is one of the, the yeah. best movie moments of the, the first part of the year. Uh, the skydive in Deadpool 2. Uh, <laughs> we'll just call it the skydiving scene. Uh, yeah. Also one of the best movie moments of the year. Um, Game night, the gag reflex, uh, the gag reflex scene. Which we'll call it the bullet removal scene. Um, do you remember this? Oh yeah, I I have seen that movie four times, three or four times wow. now, and I that scene I die laughing every time. They are so good in that scene together, Rachel McAdams yeah. and um, Jason <laughs> Bateman. So uh, I had to mention that one, and then there were other scenes from Incredibles too that I would mention too. Void versus Violet in the bike scene, uh, both were were. Amazing yeah. for me. So I just realized my favorite scene, take away the moon, uh train scene in Incredibles Two. That's my favorite scene. Yeah, the, I would call that the bike scene, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's my favorite scene of the year. That's that's amazing. Uh so there you go. Our favorite movie moments of the first half of two thousand and eighteen. Yes. Let's get to performances. Um why don't you why I'll start with number three and we'll work our way up. How's that sound? Oh, I thought we were doing five. Not performances, top three performances, top oh. five movies. Okay. Um, you you can just put four and five in your honorable mentions. Okay, and do it that way if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, my number three is Natalie Portman from Annihilation. She was uh my number five. So there oh, we nice. Go. Yeah. 
What an incredible performance from her. Um, that movie is, you want to talk about tense, you know, that movie is full of tension and it's also full of beauty. And a lot of that has to do with reading Natalie Portman's reactions to this world around her, her discovery of this world, trying to figure out how, you know, what this world is. Um, it's, it's a pretty incredible performance. Yes, her performance is great. The only thing I would say is that I still think that there is more beauty in this movie in how it was so amazing that they made so many terrifying things beautiful to look at. Yeah. I think that that's where a lot of the beauty comes from this movie. Not to take away from Natalie Portman, sure. who obviously, as we both agree, gives one of her best career performances. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my number three. What do you got at number three? This is where I put Benicio Del Toro. Yeah, really, I have him in my honorable mentions. I don't know if it's recency bias, you know, just seeing this movie a couple Possibly. days ago, but um, I really love him in this movie so much. Oh, it's an award-worthy <laughs> performance. He's incredible. <laughs> uh, he really is. I almost said Benicio Del Toro in Infinity War, <laughs> just to throw you off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Your number two? My number two is Charlize uh, Theron in Tully. Okay. Um, I think what I love about that performance is her ability to become this character of this have you seen you did you see Tully I can't remember if we yeah, talked yeah. about Tully on the show or not yeah we did okay good um but her ability to be that bedraggled mom who's trying to do everything perfectly trying to make everything work uh you know in many ways kind of losing her sanity doing it all that stuff is really hard to pull off the moments in the vehicle are so real it almost hurts, you know, like when you've got young kids who are just throwing a, a fit or a tantrum or you, you have a child who deals with special needs or special issues and you don't know how to make it work. And um, I just I was really impressed with her performance in this movie. I totally get it. Yeah, she was going to be in the honorable mentions as well. Number two, I have Emily Blunt in A Quiet Place. And it was in my honorable mentions. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the bathtub scene, like I said, but not only that, the fact that you bought into not only her, but the rest of these characters so much without them saying anything, really. Right. The fact that they were able to project, you know, emotion and you know exactly what they wanted to say in every single scene. Not, I'm not trying to take away from the sign language and stuff like that, but I think that the emotion that they, you know, portrayed spoke on so many more levels than the sign language did in this movie. It's a phenomenal performance yeah. um, and well worth mentioning. Uh, number one? Yep. My number one is Ethan Hawke from First Reformed. Yeah, I still need to see that movie. It's mind-blowing. Yeah. His performance in that movie is I can't on, find another, it anywhere. on another level. It was only in... It was at, I was at the Alamo for a couple weeks, like two or three weeks. Okay. I don't think it's there anymore. Um, so you may have to wait till it comes out uh, on digital. But, uh, but he is... Uh, the, his transformation... In this movie, his character movement in this movie mm -hmm. is at the same time subtle and drastic. And if it sounds like that's impossible to do, welcome to why he's my number one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's a subtlety to what his character, how his character is changing, but there is a trauma to how his character is changing as well that somehow he captures both and uh, just blew me away. Yeah. So that's my it. number one. Uh, I'm going to go with Tony Collette and Hereditary. Even though I hated this movie, her performance... Did you ever see it? I haven't seen it yet. So I haven't seen it. Okay. Her performance, like I said, it's Oscar-worthy. It really is Oscar-worthy. I would be... 
I'm glad you're repping it. I I know many people will think it's the best performance of the first half of the year, so I'm glad you have it at number one. I just haven't seen it yet. So. Yeah, I still yeah. It's I I would be I would be surprised. Let's just that's, I think that's an easy way to say this. I would be surprised <laughs> if the rest of the year somebody comes as close to her. You so think no, she, you think she's going to win the Oscar? I really do. As much as I don't like this movie, there's but a, she is. So there's a lot good. of movies to come. You know, it's hard to say that when you've got so many. You know, you're only halfway through. But, but seriously, man, but it's that good. It's really good. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, that's my number one. Well, I will check it out. I'm. I may wait for it to be out on digital, but I will definitely check it out as soon as, <laughs> as soon as I can. My honorable mentions. Yeah, real go quick. ahead. Uh, Josh Brolin in everything this year because <laughs> he's been in like 15 movies. I and think he's specifically, been... I think Infinity War is the one that you should yeah. should bring out because. And I say that because that is the number one. Well, I say that because of the level of difficulty, right? In bringing that character such a sense of of empathy, and especially considering before that movie came out, the only thing I was seeing about that character was people making fun of it. Yeah, you know, like uh, photoshopping uh, like Homer over Thanos and having him hold a donut, and you know, apparently it looked ridiculous to people in the trailer. And yeah, so for him to pull that off and make it so real and so powerful is that's a great performance. Yeah. So yeah, I think so. Um, and then I'm gonna say John Krasinski in A Quiet Place for the same reasons, just not on the same level as Emily Blunt. Yep. Uh, my honorable mentions are Claire Foy uh, in Unsane. If you haven't seen Steven Soderbergh's Unsane, no, uh, not yet. I would recommend it for her performance, if nothing else. But it's um, that's the one that was filmed on an iPhone, right? I think he did. Yeah, okay. I think he did that one on an iPhone. Um, phenomenal stuff. Uh, Michael B. Jordan in Black Panther, I think, is yeah. worth mentioning. Whew. Yeah, uh, great performance in Laura Dern in The Tale, which I talked about in my Buried Treasure last week. Um, oh, heart-wrenching performance. That's yeah. right, because we had this discussion. It was either last week or the week before, which I thought it was a series and not a movie, but an HBO m- movie. Right? Correct. Yes. Okay. Yep. So uh, she would be my last honorable mention. So there you go. Those yeah. are the performances. The first half of the year. Now it's time for our top five films. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've been listening to us, you can probably guess what some of these will be. Yep. Uh, number five, Andrew, you want to kick us off? Won't you be my neighbor unless you don't count uh, documentaries? No. Why wouldn't I count documentaries? Of course we count documentaries. Yeah, won't you be my neighbor? Still haven't seen it, by the way. Uh, dude. Killing me. Get on it. Yeah. It's so good. I know it is. Oh, I know it's... I'm going to love it. I just have not had a chance to see it. For a, uh, a subject matter that should make you do nothing but smile, there are some tear-jerking moments in this documentary. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited to see it. Yeah. Um, I will definitely check it out. That's it. Your number five. Yeah. My number five is A Quiet Place. Nice. Um, so we've already talked about it a little bit. Uh, this is a big surprise for me in the first half. I was not expecting this movie to be as amazing as it is. Uh, it is absolutely skilled movie making, and it owns the audience. So, yeah, well done. Number four. Yep. Love Simon. Ooh. Have you seen that one? I haven't. Dude. I didn't hear good things about that. Really? Yeah. I loved it. Good. Oh, why'd I you, loved why'd you love it. it? Um, I'm just going to. Uh, this is a spoiler because it was going to be my uh, buried treasure, but then we did this. Uh, <laughs> so now I got to think of a new buried treasure. I, I've been trying to rack my brain all morning. But um, performances. We'll let you repeat, Andrew. Yeah. That's okay if you need to repeat. Nah. Performances, the subject matter, the the way that the story is told, I think, from beginning to end is nothing short of beautiful. You can't uh, you can't beat it except these numbers. Three, two, one. <laughs> except for the three I have ranked above it. Yeah. You just can't beat it. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, your, your number four? Love, Simon. Okay. Um, my number four is Game Night. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, like I said, I've seen it. I think I've seen it four times. And How did you see it? Is it out on like, did you buy it or something? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It was out yet. Yep. And it is great every time. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. So funny. Perfect performances. I'm glad to know that this can be a repeat v- oh, viewing Oh, it holds movie. up so well. It yeah. is absolutely wonderful repeat viewing. I'm trying to remember his name, but he was in Friday Night Lights. Um, he just married... Uh, what's her face? Uh, he was the cop in the movie. Hmm. In a, in a game night. You know, the Jesse weird neighbor? Jesse Clemens? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he stole the movie from me. Oh, he's great. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my number three. Yeah, go for it. This is where I had a quiet place. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, my number three is First Reformed. So this is where you that movie up. ended up for yeah. me. What's your number two? Incredibles 2. Nice. I'm shocked at how good this movie is. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, number two is Avengers Infinity War for me. Yep. And I imagine we just reversed our number twos for our number ones. Yeah, we did. Uh, so I have Incredibles 2 at number one, and you have an Infinity War at number one he so far. Threw a moon at and that's not the only jaw-dropping moment of that movie yeah here let's let's i I don't know if we've ever said this on the show or not but maybe we said it outside the show the fact that they've been building up this movie for decade now you know for 10 years years. and you expect this movie to be all about the avengers and it's all about thanos yeah and how good of a story they were able to tell with him. Yes. A good, complete story. Yeah. <laughs> Despite that is what, not half of a that movie. Is not half of a movie. No, it Despite is. Despite what other people say. Yeah. Um, hey, Aaron, we, like we always say, people are allowed to be wrong. You're allowed to be wrong. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, there you go. There's our uh, top five films of the first half of 2018. We didn't, I mean, we could talk more about Incredibles 2. I feel like we didn't talk a lot about it, but um, people know our thoughts on it. There's a very recent review that we did on that, and we both yeah. loved it so much. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, man, I've seen it twice now. I did get a chance to see it again. I don't know if I mentioned that. No. And it definitely holds up. <laughs> I not, imagine- that I, not that I'm surprised. <laughs> no, there's like two or three scenes in that movie I can see just rewatching till the end of time. Right? Like, yeah. Oh, it's so good. All right, there you go. Uh, so let us know what your, you know, best movies of the first half of yes. the year are. We would love to hear that from you. The chat was kind of chiming in with theirs. Paddington 2 was mentioned, uh, which I think is a great one to throw in the honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, great movie. Thoroughbreds was mentioned, which I haven't gotten around to seeing yet. I don't know um, if I would put thoroughbreds. Like somebody backing you up on Love, Simon in the chat saying that uh, it's their favorite of the year so see, far. somebody with good taste. <laughs> There's I, so many good... Listen, this has been a great year for movies. It really I, I was has. Like, I think I have 11 movies that ranked A- minus or higher so far in, in this year, and yeah. that's... That's saying something. That's some good stuff. So, like, we didn't mention, you know, Annihilation in our top five. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just there's just a lot of great stuff that's hereditary, out there. <laughs> Jurassic World, Jurassic World, um, Mute. Yes, Mute. Yeah, exactly. And on that Red note, Red Sparrow. <laughs> so many great movies this year. Thank you. I appreciate you bringing us back down to earth, yeah. Andrew. Really appreciate that. That's why I'm here. Before we head <laughs> on to our Sift Quest, thank you so much for your support of Sift Pop at patreoncom DNA. Uh, we would like to offer you 
an opportunity to win something from us. You may have seen the pop-up episodes in the Sif Pop feed from Danae called Dine or Da. She's killing it. Um, having so much fun reviewing games that you can play on your mobile device that go along with the movies of the current week. What horrifying game is she going to pick for Sicario 2? <laughs> She's, I think I think rather than doing like drug smuggling that kind of thing because drugs are so addictive I think she's going to do addictive games uh, which makes a little sense do a little bit of a twist on it uh, if you aren't checking that out I would highly recommend it there is a giveaway like I mentioned that goes along with it uh, if you go to sifpop.com slash giveaway mm-hmm. then you can fill out the form and possibly win um, I think there's uh, gift cards to your mobile platform of choice. There's gift cards to iTunes, um, as well as some other fun stuff, some CDs, that kind of stuff. And thanks to Centricity Music, who is sponsoring it uh, and sending some of those prizes. So if you want to get in on that, all you got to do is fill out that form. It's at sifpop.com slash giveaway. And uh, I hope you're enjoying those episodes. Let us know, by the way. Give us some feedback on uh, on those episodes if you want to see those continue. Because for right now, it's only uh, planned as one season uh, for eight episodes. Like a one eight episode run that Danae's doing. So uh, let us know if you like it. We'd love to hear from you. All right. On to the Sift Quest. This comes to us from, I think, John via email. Uh, what actor or actress do you think is talented but has massively underachieved in their career? For me, it's Chris Marshall, who's not really had a big role since Love Actually almost 15 years ago. Interesting question. Yeah. I, I got, had, a, I I got a guy and a girl. I, I have, uh, I think I have two possible girls and a guy. Two possible girls? Uh, well, I say that because I actually had a bit of trouble with this. Um, I don't know if it's just because when it takes somebody actually like getting in my consciousness for me to think, oh, they're amazing or, oh, they're going to be great. But, um, but yeah, but I think I identified some that, that kind of fit the category. So for whatever reason, it was a hard category for me, but I'll, I'll let you know what I kind of came up with. Okay. So why don't you start us off? Uh, my male actor I'm going to go with is Adrian Brody. Like he had so much potential like after the pianist the sky mm-hmm. was the limit even though i don't think he should have won the oscar that year <laughs> i think daniel day lewis should have won for he was game. in the uh, peter jackson's king kong too wasn't he yeah he was yeah. in that he was in predators <laughs> like you look at post pianist adrian brody and you're like what is his agent thinking giving him putting him in movies where you know he he's still a great actor but he's in these terrible movies, and you're like, why? That's kind of the common theme, and and is it possibly just the uh, the just the happenstance of the industry, like that you just happen to take the wrong projects, and all of a sudden people think you're cursed? And I don't know, and I don't know. That was a, that was an interesting thought I had in this. Um, Category only. Yeah. Do you blame the person? Do you blame right. the industry? Do right. you blame just, you know, life in general? So, yeah. Uh, there, yeah, there's a plethora of reasons why you could right. not reach your potential. Yeah. Um, and just to clarify, since the chat was asking as well, I, they are both women. That's I just what, I just meant just, I didn't know if, if they fit the category for me completely. That's why I said, what do you mean possibly <laughs> women? Yes. Yeah. Uh, they are both women. Uh, and I'll, I'll go ahead and start with them. Uh, this one I think is definitely, this would be probably my pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bridget Fonda um, okay. did uh, Single White Female, 
singles. Um, she was also in Jackie Brown and a simple plan after that. And then just did a couple flops and was out of the industry. Like by 2002, she is incredible in single white female, like in, in really good in singles too. Um, so I'm just really surprised that that wasn't a career that kind of maintained and, and did something spectacular. That would probably be my main answer mm. if I had to pick one. So, yeah. Um, mine is a uh, life choice that kind of ruined this person's career. I'm going to go with Lindsay Lohan. Uh, I think she she was w- great, incredible. No, you're you, right. You look at Mean Girls. No, that's a good point. And, uh, Parent Trap. You know, yeah, she she could potentially be an Oscar winning actress, but you know, just life, man. The in the weight of the industry or whatever, whatever hap- it was, yeah. whatever happened to her. But it's a shame because there was potential there for her to be big. Uh, the other woman I had chosen was Gretchen Maul, who I loved in Rounders and uh, hasn't really done anything since um, to speak of. But then the guy I chose was actually Taylor Kitsch. Okay. Uh, I think he's a really good actor. He was great in Friday Night Lights. Yeah, he was. Um, and then I actually am a little bit of a John Carter apologist, and I think he does fine in that. Uh, he also played Gambit, I think. Don't in the, mention that the- Gambit role in Origins. <laughs> I was really hoping you would just say, that movie does not exist anymore, according <laughs> right, to Deadpool right. 2. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think that he just was in bad stuff, like Battleship and just like, <sighs> right? So I, I just think he got the stink on him. And once he got the stink on him, it was like, you know, what are you going to do? But I'm right there with you. You watch Friday Night Lights and you're like, that kid's got Great, something. right? Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, Another one, and... He is still one of the best working actors. He just hasn't reached a level worthy of his skill. That's Ben Foster. Mm. Like he is one of the man. Hell or high water. He's like see. That's the thing. He's in movies that are extremely good, but he's not like on the level of like somebody who's revered. I honestly think. He, oh, you mean you mean you mean like on the level of industry revealment? Yes. Not because I was going to say his performance in that is on the level of incredible performances. Like he gives great stuff, you know, performances. If he was given the roles that he is worthy of, he would be going down as like the next De Niro or one of those guys. He is that talented. Mm. I think that if he he's got great, no, I, I don't deny he's great. You watch him, like you said, in Hell or High Water or Three Ten to Yuma. Or any of the other movies where you're like, man, that... I think 310 to Yuma, man, do I like that? No, I think his performance in Hell or High Water is better. I think it's a better performance. Uh, 310 to Yuma is, is, a better movie. is an underrated film for sure. It's a great movie. Oh, it's one of the best westerns ever made. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's very, very good. Um, no, those are good choices. Good choices. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of... It is the ebb and flow of the industry. You yeah. just never know who's going to kind of stick in people's minds and there's so much about it that's you know subjective and based on what casting directors think and you know what producers think it's just you just never know so yeah who knows and there could be a second chapter for all these people that we just don't know about you know the other guy i thought it was rick moranis but he had such a a huge run of great stuff anyway that i feel like he had a great career well, he um, left on his own accord and he left he? on his own accord yeah. yeah so i don't know if that makes a difference yeah um but, but yeah, uh, that was another one I thought of. So there you go. Thanks for that question, John. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, appreciate it. If you've got a question for us, you want to send us on a SIFT quest, you can do that in one of two ways. 
Uh, you can hit me up via Twitter. My DMs are open, so you have a little more space there to ask the question you want to ask uh, at Aaron Dicer on Twitter. Or you can email us feedback at siftpop.com. And we're starting to get a lot more questions via email. So nice. if, that, if that works better for you, hit us up at uh, feedback at siftpop.com. That should work just fine. Uh, ready for buried treasure? Let's make it happen. I'll start. Um, I watched season two of Glow. Is that out? The I Gorgeous s- Ladies of Wrestling on Netflix. I still have not seen season one. And I love wrestling, and I love you know the whole story. Is it well? Like, and the cast is so great. Isn't it the true story of the gorgeous ladies of wrestling? No, not really. It's not just really. a, it's based, a dramatization. It's of a dramatization it. of it. Okay, but it's still um, good. Th- yeah, it's it's. Uh, you ready for this? Yeah, my favorite show on Netflix. What after season two? What? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it's Whoa. season two is phenomenal. It's so much fun, so interesting, great performances, emotion. Um, yeah. It's it's my favorite show on Netflix right now. I'm just going through the catalog of Netflix originals in my head. And There's I'm like, a lot, and that, maybe I didn't think of that. one. So feel free feel free to to throw them out there. And no, I'll, I'm not gonna. I haven't seen it, so I can't. I like it more than Stranger Things. I like it, you know, uh, more than what's you know what's another one. Oh well, you have like uh, House of Cards. Yeah, definitely more than House of Cards. Yeah, well, House of Cards is kind of. Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, what's another Netflix original that's like primo? Uh, I don't really... Do you like uh, Marco oh, you know, Polo? Yeah, I, I think I know one that I like more. I think I know one I like more, but I don't consider it a Netflix show, but it is now. Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Black Mirror is technically a Netflix show now. That would be one that, that I would like more, but I always think of that as a BBC thing. I finally finished this newest season of Black Mirror. It's so great, isn't it? Man, they... <laughs> it's and just, by great, I mean messed up. no. <laughs> I don't think that that's justice. <laughs> no, it's not. Because this show is so honest. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because it's kind of tying into my buried treasure now. Well, cool. Let's move on to yours. But I would highly recommend Glow. Um, season 2 has made it the best Netflix show for me. So, Which is also a Netflix original I'm bringing up. It's a show called Liquid Science. Oh, I've never even heard of this. It's brand new. It's... A, it's a kind of like this documentary of like every single episode is going about the future of technology and where you know we advance and stuff. And there's each episode is different. Like the, I think the first episode is uh, combating global warming, and I think uh, the second episode is uh, the key to immortality and like how you know people are you mm-hmm. know and. Uh, what are uh, virtual reality, you know, stuff like that. That's cool. And uh, you'd think with a show like this, they would have, you know, a very, uh, you know, famous thinker like a Neil deGrasse Tyson or an Elon Musk, mm-hmm. you know. Who do you think is going to be... <laughs> Based on your intro, let's go with um, let's go with Jim Carrey. How about <laughs> Jizza from the Wu-Tang Clan? <laughs> it's great. Yeah. And it's it's funny because... It's so obviously scripted the dialogue that they have right. been doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it in a sense makes the show better because you can find moments to laugh during all this weird dark mirror stuff that you're watching because yeah. some of the stuff you're like they're doing that right now. Really? Well, that was like when I told uh, when I was on TV doing reviews today, and I was talking about Jurassic World, and I said, you know, scientists just announced they're within a decade of actually doing this. Yeah, and and uh, my co-host thought I was 
pulling her leg. But no, that was an article like a week ago. Was that scientists yeah. think they'll actually be able to create dinosaurs within the next ten years? Yeah, it's crazy. There, uh, I'll just give you like a little east or like a little taste of things. Uh-huh. So in the immortality episode, they're actually freezing dead people now in order for them to be reanimated later on. Whenever sure, cryogenics. Science, yeah, 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 whenever you know science catches up with the ability to reanimate somebody or uh do you remember uh what's the san junipero episode yeah yeah. they're actually like having people download like they're learning how to download consciousness crazy when that if if that becomes a thing that we actually learn how to do Mm -hmm. to actually be able to experience different you know consciousnesses or each other's consciousness it's going to change everything i mean it's that's insane yeah if that's an actual thing so yeah, like the things that they were talking about, and then of course AI stuff like that, and then you just throw Jiz in there. <laughs> it's it's a great show. Uh, I think each episode is like twenty minutes, and there's ten episodes. You can burn through it real quick. Nice, it's good. That's what I love about Netflix too. Like the second season of Glow, right? Like I was able to binge that, you know, over the course of a couple of days because it's just ten episodes. You like it more than Orange is the New and, Black? Oh yeah, definitely. Do you not like Orange is the New Black? No, I, I Orange is the New Black is fine. Okay, but um. But no, it's definitely better than that. Oh, that's for me. one of my favorites. So. so you know, a half a half hour to forty minutes in each episode, ten episodes long, like it's just great stuff. So there you go. Yep. Well, we did it. Huzzahs! Podcasting has happened with extra espresso energy. Oh, it's all gone now. <laughs> you ready to crash? No, not ready. Because to crash. we got spoilers to talk about eventually. Don't no. crash yet. Don't crash yet, Andrew. I'm fine. Don't crash yet. If you notice, I'm sitting and I'm laid back now. <laughs> That's right. I'm not jumping around. My feet have stopped sweating. I can't feel my ears anymore. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following us at Spreaker, either in the Spreaker app or at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks to my friend Andrew at Flip, Fr- Flip Freaks. Nope. At Flip Freaks. Close enough. <laughs> for hanging out. Uh, love having you every week here. Thanks, hanging out. Um, where can people find you? Uh, you can head over, find me on Twitter, Instagram, all those good social medias. It's at Flick Freaks. Uh, my Twitter is at Aaron Dicer. If you want to hang out there for me, you can also find me at Your Movie Friend on YouTube if you want to check out the YouTube reviews. Uh, much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters who give monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts three bucks a month. Comes with some pretty fun perks, including being able to listen to the pre-show where we talked uh, this week about Westworld season two. Yep. Uh, during the pre-show, so if you, you wanna... talked about Westworld. Well, you yeah, you I, I was running first lap. I was running laps around this <laughs> studio. That's basically true. You. Yeah. Uh, so three bucks a month is where it starts. You can find out more at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Lots of ways to connect with the podcast. You can comment at Spreaker, uh, comment wherever you listen to your podcast, uh, give ratings, all that kind of fun stuff. Or you can email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie loving friends will probably like the show too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than figuring out how to handle the U.S.-Mexico border. Spoiler chats for Sicario 2 should be next up in your podcast feed. And next week, we'll be back to discuss Marvel's latest with Ant-Man and the Wasp. Not the first purge. (laughs) (laughs) What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.